brownies. Here we go. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, this for my dogs from the east to the west side. Rock it brown and orange with me, baby. Let's ride. Represent the land, let them know. Tell them, here we go, brownies. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Here We Go Brownies podcast. I'm Allie. He's Dustin. Of course, we are well aware to everybody listening that these, this Cleveland Browns season did not end up the way that we wanted it to. We're not going to shy away from that, but I just want to preface with, with this. Uh, we're in the offseason now, Browns fans. There's going to be a lot to talk Wait, about. I, I don't get to go watch a playoff game this weekend? Damn it! Unfortunately, Dustin, <laughs> our season ended two weeks earlier Damn than it. it did last year. And the reason I'm starting the show off um, is, of course, I know there's a lot of emotions right now. And, uh, of course, we are sensitive to that. We, you know, we're Browns fans. We've been through it. Uh, and we want to give you guys an opportunity to to share that and share that emotion with us as we go uh, through this offseason, which is going to be a very eventful offseason and I'm sure a very long offseason. Um, the reason I'm saying this is there's a lot to talk about. We know what you want to talk about, uh, but we're not going to do it all on one show. So if we don't get to something tonight, uh, you know, we're not going to dive into who's calling the plays next year. What's going on at quarterback? We're not doing that right now. Um, we're still going to try to keep this as, as optimistic as possible, uh, but all in good fun. And of course, give you as much Browns content as humanly possible. With that, Dustin, how you doing? I'm doing well, Allie. I am. Uh, everybody in our office is going down left and right with Omicron. So I feel like I'm playing a little roulette in the office, trying to get around, not get the COVID. Uh, I have a feeling it's going to hit me. It's just a matter of time. If not, if when, like everybody else. Uh, but no, I've been staying healthy. Uh, it was a little bittersweet, you know, us all watching the Browns games there Sunday, knowing that was it, wrapping it up. But I think we're 199 days away from training camp, guys, if we're, if anybody's counting, just saying. Uh, no, I'm doing well, Allie. Uh, everything's good in my camp. Uh, you're back home in Myrtle Beach, kind of back home for a while. And so, uh, and by the way, everybody, let's wish her a belated birthday. She had a birthday <laughs> last Friday, everybody. Let's give Allie a a happy birthday. Um, and we got to celebrate that as most of you know, on, uh, with M Maria and Josh on, uh, Clibs and Cribs and Cleve. That was a lot of fun. And we just want to give them a shout out for first and foremost, saying, uh, yes to an interview with us and thanking us, uh, for what we do and thanking them for what they do for Cleveland. So just a big shout out to them as well. So Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And if you didn't get the opportunity to check that out, it was over on channel 19, Cribs in the Clee. Uh, as soon as we get that link, guys, we will post that. We did that last Friday, bright and early, uh, which was a lot of fun, especially well, on my a little A little earlier for me, Allie, and I don't know if you saw Todd, a friend of the program, said, wow, that's a little early for Dustin. Is that a good idea? We're going to get into his uh, – his beauty sleep. I'm like, well, absolutely. I appreciate the comment, but that was a little early for me. A little early. What, what time was it for you? What? 730? Well, you're probably, are you an early riser? Yeah. I mean, my dog gets me up. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. We, my favorite thing to do in the morning now that I'm back here in Myrtle beach is, you know, one, getting back to my routine and, and getting established and getting everything put away from Christmas. But now that we're back home, we love our morning walks on the beach. She gets me up, we head out. And right now it's, it's still a little chilly outside, believe it or not. But, uh, Dustin, a lot to get into tonight. Um, you know, let's, let's start out with our friends over at Angelo's pizza. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty this season, but one thing you can be sure of is a great meal over at Angelo's Pizza in Lakewood. Make sure you head on over, get yourself the best pizza in Northeast Ohio or in my vision in all of the land. Uh, so make sure you head on over to Angelo's 
they do it right. Dustin, we finish third place in the division, which was really a, a, an optimistic thing to look at. You know, when you take a look at the scheduling for next year, um, there's some some games that you feel that are probably going to go in your favor. It looks like a, a relatively okay matchup in terms of the scheduling. We'll get into that later on in the program. Yeah, uh, the there's season, a couple but- of them, I think. We get a raw deal again, but I'll explain why. I know. I I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, And we finished with the number 13 overall pick in this year's draft. So obviously not where you want to to end up, but you have a lot in place on this roster. You have have a lot of certainty still, even though it was a questionable season. You can go get a star-studded player um, in this draft class. There's a lot of them to solidify yourself and really take yourself to the next step, especially the skill position players. We're going to get into that later on here, but uh, you know, Dustin, let's talk about the season. Let's get into it here. Just give me your overall thoughts on the 2021 season. Missed opportunity. I think that's going to be my kind of mantra. I think the players know that. I think Andrew Barry knows that. I think everybody knows it. I can look at a handful of games, Allie, and I look at who's in the playoffs. And by the way, how the hell did the Pittsburgh Steelers sneak into the playoffs? The fact, yeah, the fact that Big Ben is still there, it just, hey, Kansas City, just do your business and just get them out of the playoffs. Just be a one and done. I'm just, uh, I'm just, it annoys me. But anyway, you know, I just miss opportunities. Um, Allie, we talked about this in length, offline, online. Three or four of those games should have had, could have had your 11 win season, right? And there you are, maybe winning the division. And maybe hosting a playoff game. Yeah. I think this team will come back so focused and laser focused next year. Um, I wouldn't bet against the Cleveland Browns in 2022. And I'm not being a homer and saying that. But <laughs> Here no. we are. <laughs> no, no, Ali, I'm being serious. I think sometimes I always look at adversity, right? I look at teams where they come, they, they hit the bottom and they come out, right? And I think when they know this is it for a lot of these guys, it kind of is an extra little in there. They got to, I don't know. I'm just saying, I think next year, especially for Baker and some of these guys that are on a prove it, I got to go out there and do what I got to do healthy. I wouldn't bet against the Cleveland Browns in 2020. I really would, especially if we stay healthy. I mean, knock on wood, if we stay healthy, we're a dangerous football team next year. I think no matter what happens, just because they know what they missed this year and their windows closing as we talk about. So. You talk about missed opportunities, and that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you said it perfectly, but let's take a look at the 2020 season where everything seemed to go right, even in the face of adversity. We were struck by COVID several times throughout the season. Um, In the playoff game, you've got your head coach in the basement of his own home. I mean, just some crazy things that were just absolutely unimaginable. But in a lot of those close games, especially those those notable AFC matchups in 2020 outside of a few – A lot of the things went the way that you needed them to. You handled your business. You had what we call that clutch meter. Um, Things just went your way. We saw the exact opposite of that in 2021. You were in most of these games, outside of a few of them, Arizona, New England, there's a few that stand out. You're in most of these games. And one, it comes down to an inability to execute. I mean, that is the overarching theme of this mm-hmm. season. It's just the inability to execute on every level um, and just missed opportunities that were there, there to be had. But, you know, a missed call here or a dropped dropped pass here. So many things that happened for us last year just 
didn't this season. And that happens in the NFL. It's not linear. You don't, it's, it's not like college football where you're really good in 2020 and you get even better in 2021. Uh, right. It's not like that in the national football league. Unfortunately, that is where it differs, but, but you do have a very, very good core here. I still believe in this coaching staff, even though I did question a lot of uh, some of the decision-making and, and, you know, just things throughout this season, Dustin, I think that there still is a lot of optimism. You're a few pieces away um, and after hearing the Andrew Berry press availability, they feel okay. I mean, obviously they, they didn't end up where they wanted to be, but sure. uh, Dustin, let's, let's get into that a little bit. What were some of your key takeaways from what AB said? My biggest one is we expect Baker Mayfield to be our quarterback in 2022. Uh, and we expect him to bounce back and be better. And even, you know, like very confident in that statement and not, you know, beat around the bush at all. Um, Oh, look at that, Jason. <laughs> but, uh, Jason, I love it. Um, but no, I, I really do believe that he wanted to shut down the outside noise that was the talking heads of the National Football League. And that's what I love about Andrew Barry. He's kind of like the calm guy in the room, right? Like he comes in and goes, no, 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 national media. We know what we're doing here. Just local leave us media. alone. Yeah. Just yeah, local, well, local and national both. Leave <laughs> us alone. Let us do what we want to do, and we'll we'll take care of our own business. And I'm okay with that. And 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 Allie, we talk about this. If there's one person I can 100% trust in, it's been Andrew Barry. Like yes. he's been in. He has come in, made good draft picks, and been the calming voice in in the in the room. And I love that. Um, he only speaks when he needs to, and when he does it, it's with um, resolve, and he's very. To the point, and I'm I'm okay with that. There's no block, you know. There's no gray area. He just is very nonchalant in what he has to say. Is it is it crazy of me to say I could sit and listen to Andrew Berry talk all day when he literally says nothing? He like he is the mat. He's like Bill Belichick. He's the master of like okay. answering a question but saying nothing at the same time. Well, I, I I could I could honest to God and maybe it's BS and a lot of it's coach speak. You know, but the way that he he's just so diplomatic, like he is such a smart human being and and you feel good about him leading this organization, Dustin. If I well, have full trust also, with anybody, it is Andrew Barry. He has a high A intelligence. So, you know, before somebody asks his, his question, he's probably thought about five different ways to respond to that based on what question they're going to ask him. Right. He's very smart. Nobody's yeah. going to outthink him in the room. That's just my gut. But And another thing I know that. You know, we're not going to shy away from the whole Baker Mayfield situation. Um, I'm not going to use the word prove it because he's been having to have proven it his entire. I mean, it, I'm of the belief if you really have to prove it in year five, maybe you already have your answer. Um, and I'm not going to, you know, give too much criticism on that right now. But given injury, given everything, we know, <laughs> we know, guys, that there's a lot of hot topic right now as it surrounds the Cleveland back or Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback situation. But he came out, he took a hard stance in saying, we support Baker Mayfield. He is our quarterback. And I don't think that that was a Cliff Kingsbury saying, Josh is our guy type of situation, Josh Rosen. And then they go out and draft Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray. I don't think that was it at all. But you no. have to rebuild Baker Mayfield's confidence. If he is coming back, and we all assume that that's the way that's going to go, you, right. you can't go out and say, yeah, we're going to explore all of our options. And, you know, you cannot just completely – you know, hit Baker Mayfield over the head well, with a lack Allie, of, you know, lack of support. Allie, let's just call it for what it is. 
Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. Russell Wilson probably isn't going anywhere. Derek Carr winning the playoffs isn't going anywhere. Well, look, we're, we're not yeah. we're not going to speculate with that right now. I'm I mean, saying, that's a, I'm just yeah, saying. My whole point, Dustin, my whole point in this is right now, as it currently stands, Baker Mayfield's the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Andrew Barry's not going to come out and say anything or give us anything that doesn't show full undying support. You Correct. know, I, I, he's not going to. He's not going to come out when asked, you know, what's going on with this situation. He's not going to give the media what they want to hear. He's going to say nothing and he's going to support his team. So anybody yeah. that's fired up really right now about this press availability, did we expect anything differently? Of course not. No. no. What he showed in this, and I'm going to pull a couple of key points um, from Andrew Gribble's article on clevelandbrowns.com. He's a senior staff writer. He does a fantastic job. If you don't read his articles, please make sure that you do. Um, and this is the five uh, things that we learned from AB's end of season mm -hmm. press conference. Number one, and I'm just kind of going to paraphrase this. Number one, confidence in Baker to bounce back. He showed that pretty confidently. Two, praise and optimism for the rookies, especially JOK and Greg Newsom. He, he really shined a light on those two guys in particular. Uh, mm -hmm. Three, good year for Clowney. Excitement for the, for the coaches and uh, uh, staff members that would have other opportunities to interview with other franchises. Number five, he puts what's next. So kind of that post-mortem of the 2021 season. Those are really the five takeaways. If you didn't listen to this press availability, I encourage you to go back, listen to it. It's really good. doesn't last that long, but that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah. All right. With that, <laughs> with that. And that. <laughs> and that happened. Um, you know, Dustin, you know, let's not to just kind of beat a dead horse here, but you know, let's 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 talk a little bit more about this season. We talked missed opportunities, just kind of the clutch meter. But one thing that I really took away is had you have handled your business early on, Kansas City Week One, Pittsburgh Halloween, uh, the Chargers game, Raiders, obviously knowing the circumstance, all of those big time AFC matchups, one play here, one play there, special teams being able to execute. If you can, if you can execute and handle your business, Dustin, we are looking at this entire season from an entirely different perspective. Well, we're talking about a playoff game this weekend. I mean, that's the difference. Oh, I mean, yeah. we're probably talking about a home playoff game this weekend. You know what annoyed me the most about all this, Ali? Like, it just it, there's like you know things that just kind of bother you and sit there. Riddle me this. We sweep the Cincinnati Bengals, and they are the AFC North champions. Correct. That doesn't set well with me. I'm sorry. You swept the team that won the division? That's. I mean, I'd like to have somebody do a fact check on it. When's the last time that's happened for a team? That just doesn't sound right. Like, you swept. Know. You know, I mean, that's interesting, right? Like, you swept that team, um, and then they won the conference. It's uh, – here's the thing. I, I – I don't feel, I guess I'm not mad, but I'm not happy, right? Like, I mean, we're eight and nine. We could be a lot worse. We could be a lot better, but we got to fix some things, right? Like, it's not like, I know there was a lot of people that were just ready to be like, oh, it's all over. We're going to go back to four and 12. No, we're not. Like, that's not going to happen. Come on, guys. Get back off the ledge. Come on in. Have a beer. Sit down and relax. It's going to be okay, right? I think the Browns have moved on from the doldrum days of, yesterday hence why 
it's smart to bring back your quarterback that's on a fifth-year option is only going to cost you $18 million, right? We're not going to make drastic, dumb moves anymore. It doesn't seem that way, right? I, I don't feel that way. I, here's the thing. I think the Cleveland Browns can become, and I'm going to say this out there, what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been for the last 20 years. We're not going to have a losing record. We're going to be in the playoffs some years. But at the worst, we'll be around 500. I really, truly believe that. Like, I think we have the – we've changed the culture now, right? Like, that's the biggest thing that's been the last 20 years. The culture has sucked before a few years ago, right? Until Dorsey and then eventually Barry came in and started to change the people and the players, and, and we started winning again. Allie, we talk about this. A winning culture – to create is just as hard of changing from a losing to a winning. And I mean, it's tough to change that alley. I mean, that is, I would, I mean, that's a hard assignment, right? Like think about how you take, I, I look at the Cleveland Browns. This is a perfect example. Hey, by the way, here's a brand new company for you. We went bankrupt last year, but Hey, we need you to start making profits next year. Okay, how am I going to do that? Well, you're going to have to overpay for free agents, and you're going to have to get real lucky in the draft, and good luck, have fun. Like, th that's the way it was, right? That was our life. Um, that doesn't seem that way anymore, right? It just doesn't. I don't know. That's just my gut. But what do you think? I saw, I, I saw a comment. I don't remember where I saw it, but I will say, I will say, being a part of Brown's Twitter, Brown's Facebook, they are two wildly different places. They are two wildly different wow, places. And I saw, I, I will say, I, I saw on Facebook, I don't, I don't know where I saw it, but somebody had said, like, if Kevin Stefanski is the coach next year, I'm done being a fan. And I'm like, do we, are we serious? Are we for real? And then somebody else said, the factory of sadness continues. And I'm like, okay. Guys, and you know what I say to those Come people? On. And you know what I say to those people? See you next Sunday. Yeah, you'll have be fun. You'll be there. Just, no, you'll be there. You'll be there next Sunday. You're, you you say you're off, but you'll be right there. I, I understand. I understand the frustration. Look, I get it. Like, we get it. We get it. It it is a difficult life as a Browns fan, majority of the time. But it's who we are. It's what we do. And we're going to keep doing it no matter what. So if you are uh, done with the Cleveland Browns, peace and blessings. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> You never. Um, <laughs> Always like, peace out, Girl Scouts. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but a positive, before we turn it over to the positives of the season, is rough around the edges. Dustin, I know you've got some custom wear. I do, too. They do custom mugs, custom glasses. You can see it right there. That's beautiful. I've got a couple of those myself. Um, they do it right. You're looking for gifts. I know I handed them out for this holiday season. If you got birthdays coming up, anything like that, make sure you check out Rough Around the Edges. They are top-notch, best-in-the-business, high-quality products, uh, and they can do anything that you need them to custom. So please, go check out Rough Around the Edges. Dustin, let's let's shine a bright light on some of the positives of the season. And, and I'm not going to really tell you, hey, let's dial in on the offense, defense, special teams. Well, not special teams, offense, defense, whatever. Um, just just a couple bright spots, if you will. What, what stood out to you? Give me some positives. You know, bright spots for me, again, Andrew Barry hitting on some of the draft picks. I mean, I got to be honest. That's one of the things that I've keyed on. Um, JOK, Newsom. I mean, those are just bright spots that I see, right? Like, again, we got it right, right? I mean, because here's the truth, Allie. I, I think you can be around and look in the past and go, yeah, where's that first-round draft pick? Yep, where's that second? I mean, they're gone, right? They're just gone. And these guys are valuable, high 
high driven guys and character guys that do. I mean, I, I'm happy. So my bright spot is I think we have good depth and some veteran leadership, but I'm excited for the youth that's coming. I think that is um, a big bright spot for me is some of these guys I think are going to ball out um, and get better and better. That's just kind of my gut. But Yeah. Um, a couple for me is first and foremost, the defense uh, just as a whole, I think coming into the oh. season, I even said on this podcast, I'm on record. Uh, I started out the season really defending Joe Woods and then, I don't know, just over a quarter of the way in, I was exhausted with it. And I'm like, look, I'm out on the scheme. It's not working. It's driving me nuts. Why, why, like, why is it so easy to move the ball? And then it clicked. It just like that overnight clicked for the Cleveland Browns defense. And they became what I would consider close to a championship level defense. Mm -hmm. If the Cleveland Browns offense could have played like they did at the second half of 2020 with this Cleveland Browns defense, I, I don't think that they're able to be stopped. I really don't. And that comes down to your points and hitting on those draft picks. Jeremiah Usu, Koromoa, um, Greg Newsom, just absolute studs, absolute yeah. studs. Um, and, 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 being able to, and being able to get into that role confidently and play with poise in, in, in big games. I mean, that's to in, me in facing adversity, Dustin. They both had injury issues, COVID issues, not being on the field as a rookie playing key roles in this defense. They, they, Toss yeah. that aside and said, forget it. We're going to go out and perform at our, our highest level of ability. And they did just that. So that's my my bright spot is this defense. The way that they ended was not the way that they uh, began. And I need to take my foot out of my mouth and say that I was wrong. Um, and I'm happy to do so. I'm on record, you know, saying like, this sucks. What are we doing? And they figured it out. We knew it would take some time to gel. I didn't anticipate it taking that long, uh, mm -hmm. but it did. Yeah, nine new starters and hey, we're already in the offseason. So uh, that's one of them. Another is David Njoku. Love the guy. Love his athletic ability. He's been Mr. Consistent. Um, and he's really proven his ability to be the tight end, the go-to tight end on this roster. His blocking, significantly yeah. better. Um, and what a joy for him wanting to stay with the Browns. He's like, mm -hmm. I want to end my career here. I'm like, I, I love that. I like guys like that that just, I guess, Embrace the blue collar of what I call the Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Because I really think, I mean, Cleveland is a blue collar city. That's who they, you know, that's who they are. And he just kind of said, you know what? I'm with the city. I'm in. He's got the right attitude. I like. I can. I can root for players like that all day long. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are kind of my bright spots. And there's a couple others sprinkled in. Um, MJ Stewart being one of them. He played great towards the end of the season. Um, Dearness yeah. Johnson, of course. I, like, there's several that yeah. I could go on and on and on about. But yeah, and I was going to say, I don't think we've, a friend of the program, I don't think we've seen the end of Demetric Felton. He has gotten better and more confident as the season's gone on. And it was great to see him get that touchdown in the last game of the season against the Bengals. I, I think Demetric will get better and better. He seems to have gotten more comfortable with his reps as he's went forward. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely laughable for you to say that the defensive coordinator is anything other than terrible. Well, guys, laugh at me. Joke is on me. Um, I just, I just disagree. I, I do. I think. Look, as I, as I mentioned, he, he was coming into this. I was totally out on him. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at right now, Dustin, on saying it was more scheme, which I don't really believe is the case. Or personnel. I think that there was just a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball that made up for this game. So look, yeah. uh, Bonnie, you know, not to not to um, 
you know, discount what you're saying by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I do believe that it really came down to personnel. And that's a reflection of Andrew Barry and the talent that he put in this room to make up for some of those deficiencies. But it did take some time for it to gel. And I think towards the end of the season, it really, it really did. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy and it's fine. I'm fine with that. I've got some hot from week, takes. But... From week nine on, it was very consistent every game, very consistent. And yeah. quite truthfully, kept us in most of the football games, in my opinion all the way down the stretch, you know, that defense. And I'm assuming, did we end up, I'm, I think we ended up top 10 defense, right? Am I right? Eight, nine, something like that? Uh, you know, right I don't have that in front of me, but yeah, no. something like that. All right. Justin. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to our season awards. Before we do that, we want to tell you about our friend over at Keller Williams, Katie Klonowski, the best real estate agent in the business, especially in Northeast Ohio. So if you're buying or selling a home, that person to walk you through that process is Katie Klonowski out of Keller Williams in Northeast Ohio. She can answer all your questions. She can help you through a stressful time. Buying, selling, investing, she's got your back. Go check her out, Katie Klonowski. Dustin, let's do some postseason, it's crazy to say that, award. <laughs> we did pre we did quarter season, we did halfway, and here we are at the very end to give out some Browns awards. We'll do this around the NFL maybe in a later show, but I just want to, of course, dedicate this one to the Cleveland Browns. Dustin, I'm going to toss it over to you first. Who is your offensive player of the year? With everything that he's had to deal with, I'm going to say Nick Chubb. Even through COVID and all that, he was consistent all year long. Nick Chubb. You can stay with the Cleveland Browns till the year 2035, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I just loved uh, – he, he just – he, again, blue chip, embraces Cleveland football, right? Doesn't say a lot, does his talking on the field. Mine's Nick Chubb. I mean, yeah, just, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah. I can't argue with that at all. <laughs> but – Obviously, for the sake of podcasting, I'll go in, in another direction. I've got two for each. So just okay. so you know, if you say one, I'll say another. Uh, but I would definitely co-sign that any any day of the week. Um, he's everything you want in a Cleveland Brown. Uh, but another guy. How about Joel Batonio? Hmm. Dustin. Longest tenured Brown. Longest tenured Brown has seen a lot of ugly things in his time as a Cleveland Brown. But, but for him to be, I think he graded out. Um, postseason to be top three offensive um, linemen in the National Football League, like number three. So, like, it's insane. He, he's playing very, very, very good football. Um, making uh, making an argument on his way even, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Even in COVID times, goes and plays a position he's never, I believe, played exactly. Ever. No, no. He, he went from being the, the left guard to the left tackle. Uh, and those are two wildly different positions. Yeah. So uh, his versatility and athleticism to allow him to do that and do it at a very, very high level and having no complaints in doing so just speaks to the player that he is. Now, while it's not the sexiest pick to say, I'm, I'm taking a, a, a lineman here hey, as my offensive. offensive yeah, we'll go of course. But, you know, Dustin, I, I think those two guys, Joel Batonio and Nick Chubb, they are everything that you want in a Cleveland Brown, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to give it to him. All right. Defensive player of the year. Mine's I mean, gonna take be, it. You, yeah, you take it. Yeah, mine's <laughs> obvious. I wear his jersey a lot on this podcast. I'm sure you guys have seen that. It's number 95, the Miles Garrett. Um, I'm not happy that a certain Watt on a team we will not say um, is ahead of him in sacks, but Miles again, again, you it's Le LeBron James effect, man. He's 
double teamed all the time, and he still gets around the freaking guy and gets a sack. So Miles Garrett consistently the the leader in the clubhouse, the leader on the defense, um, the calming voice in the room. I'm gonna go Miles Garrett. Yeah, that's the obvious answer here. Uh, but again, for the sake of podcasting, I'll, I'll go Denzel Ward because I think he was a uh, pretty a close one. second. I mean, talk about it's crazy to say that Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb and these guys are becoming your veteran players, but they are. Um, they crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy to think. I feel like they're still just you know rookies, but they're not. They're not. Um, Denzel Ward has, uh, in my opinion, solidified himself uh, to get a beautiful contract extension get him signed, get him ready to go and make him a Cleveland Brown for a very, very long time. I think he stepped up, especially towards the end of this season, battled through some injury issues, uh, which is unfortunately fairly common for him. Uh, but you know what? He came back. He really made a name for himself, made some big time plays and some very, very big time moments. Um, so I'm going to go Denzel Ward on this one. Um, let's turn it over to our rookies, Dustin, defensive rookie of the year. Another yeah. easy one, right? Well, you know, I mean, it could be – I mean, I know where you're heading, and you're probably in the same direction. I was going to go Newsom or JOK. I'm going to go Newsom on this. Yeah. Um, that's a tough position to come right out as a rookie and, and be thrust into that role. And, man, talk about some key batted balls and some plays that could have turned into big plays, one right after another, and through adversity. That's why I pick him, to your point, as you said earlier. Uh, Greg Newsom, again, another solid pick. Mr. Andrew Berry, thank you. Um, for making that great pick. Um, but really, you got two first-rounders because you got JOK in the second because you're smart like that. But go ahead, Alex. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm obviously going to go Jeremiah Uwusu-Koromoa for mine. I Look, either both of these guys have, have played far and away better than what I really anticipated them to do um, coming in as rookies in a, in a difficult season, you know, faced with adversity, faced with challenges, COVID, injuries, et cetera. No two week looks the same. Um, mm -hmm. But Jeremiah Usukoromoa, I heard Jake Burns talk about this on the OBR today, or maybe it was yesterday. He says, you know, JOK plays the linebacker position like a running back. He is right. so physical at the point of attack. He is so explosive and is able to diagnose a play before it even happens. That we, us Browns fans, have not had that at the linebacker position in, in a long time. I, I can't name one um, that plays the. The position like he does so i think we've we've got a guy we've got a I stud say, he he reminds me a lot of well you know clay matthews back in the day right kind of that animal on the other side of the ball that's around every play right like he's he's one of those guys he's around every play so it seems like everywhere the anywhere that plan of attack of the offense is going he's in the vicinity of what's going on yes yeah, he's, he's smart. always around the ball um comeback player of the year who you giving this one to you know, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to go, because some thought, would he even play this season? I'm going to go Grant Delpit. Yeah, I had He's him on my list, too. He really has stepped up in some key roles and really kind of came out of nowhere. And I think, barring any more injuries from him, he could be just a stud player. Uh, so I'm going to go Grant Delpit. I've been really pleasantly surprised how well he's played in some key roles where he's had to step up this season. So I'm going to give mine to Grant Delpit. Yeah, he's he was first on my list. Um, and, guys, keeping in mind, this was basically his rookie season. Like, this is his right. first season. He missed all of last year, all of it. Um, yep. So this being able to – obviously, we didn't know what he was going to look like last year. But, man, stepping up and coming back from a massive injury in his Achilles to being what he is, 
a lot, a lot of talent. You feel really good going into the next season um, with Grant Delpit in your defensive secondary. Uh, I've got two guys here, and, and I'm not really sure who I want to give it to, so I'm just going to mention both of them. Okay. Um, and then at the end of the end of it, I'll, I'll decide who I'm going to go with. <laughs> um, David Njoku being one of them. Mm, I like that. Dearness Johnson being another. And I, I know Dearness really – the only reason that he's on my list as being necessarily a comeback player was a lack of opportunity, right? It, in 20, uh, 2020, he didn't have as much opportunity to, to shine his skill set. We saw him in flashes and we're like, well, he's a pretty good player. Uh, but then coming into this season when he was really thrust into almost a starting caliber role, he shined and showed the league my name's Dearness Johnson, and this is exactly what I can do. You know what award? You know what award he could win? Next man up of the yeah, year of yeah. Life. So for the sake of what this question is, I, I am going to go with David Njoku just from a production standpoint and what he was able to do, uh, and really showcasing his talents and his skill set. Of course, the the, the blocking, um, the pass catching, everything that he's been able to do, and really work on to hone in on his craft. Uh, I will give it to David Njoku, but Dearness Johnson made the list, and maybe this isn't an appropriate award for him, but uh, just something I, I need, had to shine a light on it because, just because. Um, all right, last but not least, coach of the year. Now, this can be an assistant coach. Uh, we'll open it up. You can even mention a front office member. Um, this is somebody that's not a player. Yeah. One that I mean, I didn't have you, you put this on our list today for show notes, and I'm like, hmm, hmm. and then I'm like, oh, that's who it was obvious for me. Bill Callahan, who's yeah. been a head coach in the National Football League, like him playing like you know, musical chairs on that offensive line, COVID up, down, slide, Betonia. I mean, what a wizard, right? And he's done it with a calming voice, and also done it while he was out while he was out with COVID. And kind of telling people where they should put players. Like, I mean, that's the best manager you can have in the room, right? So, yeah, I'm going to go Bill Callahan. Like, what a great hire uh, from Stefanski. I, just great hire. The best. The best. I love Bill. And and the fact that we're so fortunate to have him um, is, it, it is the in, truth. entirely you know, undervalued. You never know. We might lose him, right? That's the other thing. I mean, he could be an offensive coordinator again someday, right? And he may take that. You never know, right? He's he's such a smart individual and has done so much in his career in the NFL. He's been everywhere. So, yeah, um, that was my my choice as well. Um, but my backup here actually is Chris Kiffin on the defensive line. We know. Mm. Dustin, that this game is won in the trenches, and that that's effective on both sides yes. of the football. Of course, the offensive line, um, but defensively speaking as well, you you were kind of thrust into that same situation. This guy in, this guy out, COVID here, Tack McKinley out for the season. You know those kinds of things. Um, of course, you have your anchor in Miles Garrett, and you can line anybody else up on that line, and they will be productive. Um, but having him come in, um, Jadavion Clowney being able to play lights out, one of the best careers of his or one of the best seasons of his career. Um, and then, you know, Miles Garrett and being able to kind of plug and play other players to give them opportunities. Uh, I really thought that they were able to generate a decent amount of pressure given the circumstance. Now, I don't think that they were explosive as they wanted to be, uh, but, you know, I, I think that they were effective enough 
especially down the stretch to disrupt mm-hmm. the the pocket, uh, stop the run. I think that they did a pretty pretty darn good job containing the run for most of the season um, and allowing the, the secondary to be able to be more locked down. And that's really how that goes. When you have a good pass rush, it allows your secondary to be locked down yeah. and vice versa. So I think it was just complimentary football on the defensive side, um, but I'm going to attribute a lot of that to Chris Kiffin there on the defensive side, or excuse me, on the defensive line. Also, guys, if you hadn't had it, make sure you head on over to your local Northeast Ohio grocery store. Get yourself some Orlando Baking Company bread so you can make your all-Cleveland sandwich. It starts with the Orlando Baking Company bread. Then you turn it over to Five Star Meats because there ain't no wiener like a five-star wiener. You throw a hot dog hamburger in there, top it off with your Cleveland ketchup. You can do bacon and bourbon, ghost pepper, which is quite spicy, uh, garlic and dill, or their classic, which I like, and that's some stadium mustard. All Cleveland sandwich, all iconic brands. Make sure you have that in your pantry this off season. Dustin, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I want to do a little mock draft here. Mm-hmm. Now, this is going to be the first time um, that I'm doing this on the program, and I will ask for your feedback, uh, listeners. This is something that I would like to do on a weekly basis, uh, and what I'm asking your feedback for is a couple things. One, I'm not putting on my GM hat here. So I'm yeah. not I, I'm not going to be like, all right, this is what Andrew Berry would do in this situation. My purpose for this is to just do mock drafts, um, no trades, just kind of seven picks. One, so it's able for me to paint the picture of potential prospects. Uh, I'm not, you know, going to move up or anything. So really what I'm asking is, one, if if you like it in the podcast or if you would prefer it maybe a separate its own separate entity where i can dive into more highlights i can dive into just more detailed aspects of these prospects so i'm going to get into it here i've i've got it uh i'll pull it up i'm going to read through it i'm not going to spend a ton of time on it but give me some feedback if you like it in the podcast let me know we'll do it on a weekly basis if not it can be its own separate thing and i'll find a time uh, to be able to right. do this on a on a weekly measure you know so, what could be as I say, you know, Allie, what might kind of be fun just to throw out there, guys, um, especially if you know there's a certain area of needs for the Browns, like wide receiver, we'll cover yeah. the wide receivers, right? And we'll break down, you know, where they could fall from one to seven, right, in the rounds. I think that could be kind of fun. And Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to do that this offseason. There's so much time uh, right now before the draft. Uh, obviously, we're pre-combine. So this is all just fresh. This is all fresh yeah. information. Um, but – we will do position groups on our team, areas of need, who we see coming back, uh, and then we'll go through the draft class, who we think could be a potential candidate. Um, so I'm just going to kind of, I went not necessarily random, um, but just filling some areas of what I believe are some needs for the Cleveland Browns. I'll run through it here. If you like it, great. If not, maybe it'll be in its own separate thing. So right. let me get it pulled up here, uh, and then we'll go around the league here, Dustin. So first and foremost – and I want to preface with this as well. I wasn't just like picking out players that I like. Right. This it's a simulator. So like some guys <laughs> were off the board and you know, maybe I didn't get who I wanted to get in a certain situation. Uh, but I'm going to display it here. First and foremost, Chris Olave with the number 13 overall pick, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. He's 6'1, 188, uh, really a true route running technician with high football IQ. Um, he's an over-the-top vertical threat that Although he does kind of lack that physical stature to be dominant in those basketball style plays, 
Um, he is so smart and so smooth. It really makes up for it. He's a, he's a reliable player. His weakness is kind of when it comes to contested catches or looking to high point the footballs in traffic. Uh, I'm not entirely sure that he would be the best player for this scheme. I'm more, uh, I would prefer a Garrett Wilson in this situation, just looking at the two Ohio mm-hmm. State receivers. Um, he thrives in a vertical passing attack. We don't really offer that right now uh, right. with shallow crossers and a lot of option routes and play action. He does easily create separation. Uh, and he's so smooth, man. He is so smooth. Uh, first round value and the pro comparison is Devontae Smith. So I'll take that first round pick. Second round pick is Darian Kennard, the tackle out of Kentucky. Now, I went tackle here um, because we're very unclear of what's going on with the right tackle position. Jack Conklin, the severity of his injury. So I figured it may be best to go ahead and draft a tackle, which I perceive is probably the best in this draft class. Um, he played right tackle at uh, during his entire tenure with Kentucky, uh, but he also has the ability to slide inside. So he does offer mm-hmm. some versatility. Uh, which I think is going to be huge for sure. this team. We've seen it, Dustin, right? You've got Blake Hance, you've got Alex Taylor, That's Michael nice. Dunn, nice. you've got Joel Batonio at left tackle. We need that versatility. Um, so, you know, he does need some coaching on fundamentals, but hey, we've got Bill Callahan, the best O-line coach in the National Football League. So I think he would fill a, a pretty glaring need at tackle. Um, you have to protect your quarterback. Browns, unfortunately, with with COVID and injury, um, you know, threw some guys in some positions that maybe weren't their strong suits. You can get that locked down. I think you feel really good about it. Uh, Player comp for him is Robert Hunt, uh, second round value. I will say this too. Not everybody on my list does have a player comparison right now. As I mentioned, a lot of this is very fresh. So bear with me. Number three, Kobe Bryant, not to be confused with the late, great Kobe Bryant, uh, former NBA legend. Um, This is the cornerback out of Cincinnati, lined up opposite of Sauce Gardner, if you heard about him. Coming into Cincinnati, he was undersized, uh, but was really developed. He's now 6'1", 198, but he's a lockdown corner, Dustin. I mean, he can go up against anybody, tight ends, running backs, any ball carrier, he can go up against them. He's very agile. Um, As I mentioned, he's super locked down. He won the Thorpe Award, um, recorded three interceptions. Yep, three interceptions, three forced fumbles, 11 pass breakups, and 33 solo tackles in 2021. Looks to be a day two pick, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, maybe become overdrafted just by the production of him and his counterpart at Cincinnati. But this would add some serious depth to this secondary. So you can look at this mock draft and say, well, maybe I wouldn't take a corner there, but this is a guy I would take. If he's on the board, I'm grabbing him. Right. Next up on the list, Jeremy Ruckert, the tight end out of Ohio State. Now, Buckeye fans, don't panic. I know the, the Browns don't typically take one Ohio State player, let alone two, but this is an <laughs> Allen Heislong mock draft, so bear with me. He's 6'5", 250, and he's a viable threat in the passing and blocking game. He's a very prototypical tight end, if you will. Um, he's got big playability. Now, he would be best served in a Kevin Stefanski, Gary Kubiak, Shanahan-style offense like we run. Uh, Ohio State ran a lot of 11 personnel, so he wasn't used as much as he probably had deserved. Uh, He's killer in the red zone. Heading into his final game this season, he had hauled in 12 touchdown catches and 51 career catches. He's got great hands, which is something I think that we could desperately use in the tight end room, somebody that's reliable, consistent, and that the quarterback can trust. his comp on this site uh, was Pat Fryermuth, which give me that. I'll take that. 
couple others here. Um, Next up is John Mechie, uh, the receiver out of Alabama. He falls to the 115th pick for me. Uh, the only reason I have him falling, or he did fall in this mock draft in particular, is he did unfortunately blow out his knee towards ACL in the SEC championship game a uh, couple of now, weeks ago. It sounds like he'll be able to come back full health is what I heard. Correct. That's what they're anticipating. But I do fear that, you know, he's going to drop. It'll make some people gun shy. Right. Of course. And same with Jamison Williams. My heart just absolutely broke when I saw what happened to him in the national title game. Um, But he's played with elite talent during his time in Alabama. Uh, But coming into this season, he did have a lot of share with uh, target share with Jamison Williams, former Buckeye. Um, He's an elite athlete. He's got great start stop ability. He's very accurate. Agile. Uh, he's got electric speed. He is a little bit undersized, uh, exactly six foot, but he does have a large frame, and that makes him very difficult to bring down. Uh, a lot like kind of like a Nick Chubb, you know. He's you're not going to bring him down with an arm tackle. Right. He's he's a very physical player. Um, he does have the versatility to play both Z and slot receiver, but as I mentioned, that speed he can use that speed to stretch the field vertically. So uh, the player comp that they used was Tyreek Hill. I'm not quite sure that I'm I, – I don't know so much on that, uh, but that's what they used on this site. Um, so we'll see on that one. But John Mechie, if he falls that far, I wouldn't be shocked to see that the Browns take two very, very skilled receivers in this draft. Last couple here, Micah McFadden, the linebacker out of Indiana. Um, he's played 45 games, uh, in his college career, 1,881 snaps played. He's 6'2", 232 pounds. He's a great downhill defender. Um, he's very physical at the point of attack. What differentiates him between somebody like a JOK is his speed. Now, JOK, he's, you know, he's top notch. He's, he's electric. He's elite. Uh, you're not going to get that at every player. Um, he has high football IQ and he can diagnose the play very early. So he's got the ability to play that Mike linebacker position. So maybe if we were to lose a few of those linebackers in, the, in that room, maybe signed to a one-year deal, this would be a good option to bring in, especially in the rotation. Um, he's, he does show the closing uh, burst. He's got a lot of great footwork uh, to work well in tight areas. Uh, but as I mentioned, to be successful, in the next level, he would need to bulk up a little bit to make up for that lack of elite speed. And last but not least, Xavier Thomas. He's the edge out of Clemson. I really like this player. I really like Xavier Thomas. Um, He's kind of your prototypical defensive end, classic frame, long arms, athletic, um, you know, he's not a freak like Miles Garrett, but he has an ex- like absolute dominant explosion. He is so fast with that first step. Um, he's got a ton of power to close, emphasis on explosion. He accelerates low with power, um, high football IQ. However, they use, this is the, the word that they use in terms of his weakness. He is as raw as sushi. So a lot of talent to work with and mold. Um, he's not a ready-made player. Obviously, yeah. we're getting him in the seventh round, but I think you do need that depth, uh, and I, I really like him. He's He's got nimble feet. He's got strong hands uh, to mm. really challenge the inside and, and chase down playmakers. So, uh, on this, that's it. That's what I've done so far in this mock draft. I finished, I don't know if you can see it here. I finished with solid an, a solid A. So, I'll take it. Um, so I should bring my mock draft next week. One we can seven. do it. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. do it. 
Um, but again, guys, my reasoning for doing this isn't to play GM. I'm not envious of the role that Andrew Barry has, but it's really just more to shine light on this player development and become familiar and allow you guys to become familiar with some of the players that maybe they would take a look at. So I'm going to try to change it up every week and not have the same player on more than once. Maybe That'd I be will. Kind of fun for me to come with mine. That's what I was thinking. Then yeah, yeah maybe we could do this. And guys, give us your feedback. If, if you want us to dive in more and provide more content on these players, I'm happy to show highlights. I'm happy to do that. Uh, maybe break down a little bit of film. Unfortunately, you know, that would be a separate entity. I wouldn't be able to do that here on this right. podcast. It would be maybe a separate show. But if that's something you guys would be interested in, or if you're like, nah, just throw it in the podcast, let us know. Um, or if you hate it altogether, let us know that too. Yeah, Ali, I was going to ask you, uh, some of our friends in Ohio have asked me because Shakir out of Boise State is showing up on some of the Browns' mock drafts. Have you had a chance to look at any of his stuff? I mean, I see him every day. I know he's a mm -hmm. phenomenal. Um, he reminds me a lot of Edelman. Uh, have you had a chance to look at any of his tape at all? I'm just Yeah, curious. so I think consistency. Consistency is the kind of what I see with him. Now, I want to do a little bit more – study on him uh, mm -hmm. but i think that he would be an absolute steal for any team at any point in this draft now i don't think that he's a day one guy i don't i think that he's probably oh, no he's he's a day two yeah. maybe day three day but two I maybe day early three i find him as a steal like a like a dpj that's mm -hmm. where i think he could be like well why wasn't this guy on anybody's draft boards well because you mm -hmm. he's in the west and nobody yeah. sees him on television or sees you know he made a phenomenal catch in triple coverage at BYU with a ruckus crowd. And I'm like, how did you catch that? You end up on the ground and you have a ball in your hand. Like, like even the announcer was like, how the hell did he catch that ball? I'm like, because that's what he does. He just catches everything thrown at him. So I like a guy like that, right? You, yeah, you throw it up, you know, the 50-50 ball. Nine times out of town, you know, he's going to get that ball. That's what I like about him. Yeah. Um, and just to speak to this real quick, good friend of the program, Andrew, why – if they bring back Njoku, why draft a tight end? Well, there's just so much uncertainty going into next season. We don't know what the construct of the roster is going to look like. Again, I, I'm not really speculating they're, who they're going to take and, you know, this player is going to go here. This is really just more player development. So don't hold me to any of this, please. Um, this is just really to shine a light on the skill sets of these players and become more familiar. Uh, right. So, and with that, Dustin, we don't know who will be back. Right. We don't know that. We, know, we won't know that for a while, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so this is all just fun right now, um, and it's fun to do these drafts. They've really, got quick. free simulators online. How did I do? I'm trying to get my 500-ness back. How yeah, you I beat do? me. You beat me. <gasps> I beat you. Did. Oh my, holy moly. Yeah, hang on. We're not there yet. Hang on. Hang on. I'm we'll get into that here in a second. Day. That makes my Real day. quick, Dustin, I <laughs> want to talk about what happened in the National Football League um, on, uh, on Monday. Black we Monday. We see Black yeah. Monday. We see a lot of coaches front offices getting fired or black sunday if you're the denver broncos <laughs> yes what what was the biggest shock to you the miami dolphins like, yeah what do you, what the hell i think the browns would be doing somersault with our head coach if he won the the, the, the final nine games i'm like okay I, I realize he went 500 okay over the course of three seasons or whatever but guys, he's going to be a head coaching prospect at another another team that's looking for a coach right now. Like, what is Miami doing? And by the way, they don't have the greatest quarterback situation down there, right? Like he's, I think he's out coaching the team. Like he's, you know what I mean? He's coaching out of his 
I mean, he's coaching way ahead of what his talent is. That was shocking to me. I'm like, are you serious right now? I don't know. I really like Brian Flores. I was yes. stunned, stunned to see that. I mean, he he made a lot out of a little. Yes. <laughs> now, on that same note, if we take a look back at, at last year, you know, the whole Ryan Fitzmagic to a situation was a little weird. Um, but, yeah, I, yikes. What would you say if, if we, right now, ranking all seven head coaching openings, what is the most attractive destination? You have, in no order, Jacksonville, Minnesota, Giants, Bears, Miami, Denver, Raiders. Well, we don't know what's going to happen with the Raiders because they may make the interim, you know, the full head time coach. But it's still technically available. But I I don't even think it's close. I think it's the Denver Broncos. I think that's probably the best situation to go in. Um, My former quarterback here at Boise State, Kellen Moore, actually has been asked uh, to interview there as well as Jacksonville. I think he's going to be a new head coach here very soon. Smart, intelligent man at, what, 33 years old. Fascinating to me how smart he is. Um, I think the Denver situation, they're a quarterback away. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, and if you bring someone like, say, maybe a Kellen Moore into a situation like that, that has got that offensive wizardry, and if you can get the guy, um, I'll just call it, Kirk Cousin goes to Denver. That's a different football team, right? I mean, all of a sudden, you're kind of building something like you had with Peyton. Maybe not as good as Peyton, obviously, but I think you're you're, you're working with something there. So I think Denver's by far the the best situation to walk into. I, I totally agree. Um, it's that, that, that one, um, Miami is very attractive. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think Tua is like the next Aaron Rodgers, but like, I think he's a good quarterback. I think they've got a They've got a good defense and it's South beach. I think that's a pretty attractive destination. Uh, Vegas, even, I think just kind of that iconic, you know, go be the coach of the Raiders. Um, win, I mean, baby. they're currently in the playoffs out of all right. these teams. You feel pretty good about that. But, you know, yeah. Dustin, when I look at this, there's not one of them that I'm like, well, that's a dumpster fire. Now, you could say that about Jacksonville. But if I'm a coach and you say, all right, you can have Trevor Lawrence, you know, I develop agree. him they for the next great, 10 yeah. years. Yeah. You feel that, like that's that's not bad. And you're not in a too terrible of a position Again. down here in Jacksonville. You have to change the losing mentality, right? That's probably the biggest challenge is you've been losing for so long for a while. How do you flip the switch? Right. Yeah. It's gonna take I think it's gonna take a pretty dynamic coach to do that. Yeah. Know? I think if I'm looking at this list, the only one that I probably like really wouldn't be interested in is the Giants. Yeah. Um eh, eh, eh. I don't like well, their big, roster. Well, big market, big pressure too, right? I mean, that's it. Well, yeah, thing. but just looking at like the situation, Gettleman's out, retires. Yeah. Um, which is maybe best for that organization. Uh, quarterback situations, like, kind of, you, you don't really know. Uh, right. Obviously, you have Daniel Jones, but, like, is he the long-term answer? Eh, I don't like the whole roster. Minnesota, I think that's a good – that's a really good roster. You don't know what you have in Kirk Cousins in his final year the of his contract, if, you, if you'll move on from him or what. Don't know that, but that's a good situation. Chicago, even. Like, like all of these aren't bad. Yeah, I mean, but they're not great, right? Yeah, they're just no, kind of, no, no, I agree hey, with that. But like, it's hey, not like 0 and 16, 1 well, and 15 call, dumpster. Let's fire. just call for what it is. 
if a coach is fired, you're not walking into like, hey, I can just turn the key and everything's going to be great. It's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenging situation. It's rebuilding the culture. It is yeah. resetting the foundation. It is alignment within the organization. It's, <laughs> there's so much, there's so much that goes into it. We should get teach. We should get T-shirts that are just for that. It says Alley, and then and then alignment. I love that. That would be Alley alignment. High song. All right, Dustin. I'm going to give you your shining moment here. Congratulations to you. You beat me in our last segment. Um, so you came out victorious this week. So our record. Mine is four, one and two. Dustin's is one four or excuse me two four and one so congratulations dustin we'll call it a comeback here we go <laughs> well you you kicked my ass in this one most definitely did um we're gonna we're gonna keep it up throughout the playoffs um, so, so let's ready? kick it off here here we go yeah all right hang on let me get it pulled up here one second sorry I'm not prepared all right raiders at Bengals. you know I'm going to say this, and I don't care if some of these people are Bengals fans on here. I think the Bengals are a little fool's gold, and let me explain why I say say that. They've been up and down this season, but the Raiders just seem like they're playing with house money, no pun intended, right? They're <laughs> playing with house money right now. And you did you stay up and watch that game, Allie? That was one of the greatest. That's wild. Games, right? And I'm saying going – and did you know this, by the way? They were going to tie, but San Diego yeah. called a timeout. And they said, oh, okay, you're going to play that game. We're going to go keep see if we can get a field goal. Um, and then the Steelers would have been out of it. But anyway. Um, I know. I'm going to go Raiders. Sorry, that was a lot of that was a lot of pontification. I'm going to go Raiders. I'm going to go Bengals. Um, at home, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, that that receiving trio is just on fire. Uh, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think that they're a hot team. While I do think they might have a little bit of fool's gold to them, at, to your point, Dustin, uh, I just think they're overall the better team. Pats at Bills. Ooh, this is a tough one. I don't care where it's at, when, when it is. <laughs> I learned this last year when I was playing this game with you, Allie, except it was with Tom Brady, but his predecessor that, you know, the, the guy that coached him up, I got to go Pats on the road. I'm going Pats. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to go Bills. Um, look, this, I, be, this is the rubber match basically, right? Yeah. This is yeah. Match. You know, I think that the new England Patriots are a lot like the Cleveland Browns in the sense that they have a very strict game plan and they have a hard time deviating from that game plan right now. They play really well when they're ahead, but they're not like that great of a comeback team. Um, and I think, you know, you can, you can rattle a rookie quarterback right now. Bills are playing. Okay. I, I like them. They're at home. They have something to, something to play for. Give me Josh Allen, the bills. I'll take it. So far I'm taking the road teams. You are Eagles at bucks. Bucks. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, no discussion there, right? <laughs> and we're next. Yep. All right, 49ers at Cowboys. I don't know here. This one's you got know, me. There's a lot of Boise State guys on there. I got to root for Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator. I think he's going to figure it out and get Dak and that offense going. I'm going to take the Cow – let's just – the Cowboys don't win playoff games, and this is so tough for me to pick because they just don't win playoff games. But I am saying the Cowboys are throwing that out the window. It's a new era. Cowboys win at home. I do too. I'm really tempted, though, to take the 49ers. You should, Allie. <laughs> I should. I know. I know. I know. But, look, they just had a a, a very emotional, like, 
comeback win over the Rams. When now, get in, right? when now get in. like on that same note, though, you're riding in some momentum. You feel yep. good. <sighs> Gosh. And I'm going to take the Cowboys. I'm going to leave it at the Cowboys. Yeah. I don't like it, but I'm going to leave it. All right. Steelers at Chiefs. Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, okay. Glad we're there together. All right. And I think our podcast would have went off the air if I think we both would have taken Yeah, it. I know. <laughs> I, I would have kicked you off. Um, <laughs> Cardinals at Rams. This is a tough one for me. I'm going to go Rams. And, I, and here's where I'm going with this. I think the Rams defense uh, comes to the occasion. Games get real tight in the playoffs. I think they rattle Kyle – Kyler Murray, I'm going Rams. I'm going to go Cardinals. Um, I think that they have a when healthy, an explosive offense. Um, the receivers, you get JJ Watt back. I think they have a lot to play for. Uh, of course, the Rams do too. But I don't know. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one. I don't know why. I just am. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just am. <laughs> I love that. Allie just said, "I don't know why, but I am." Don't know why, but I am. All right, Dustin, any closing thoughts as we wrap up on a beautiful Wednesday evening? Well, everybody, I know it just seems like it's been the silly season for sicknesses in this country. Just stay well with your family. Um, you know, we just wish health on everybody as we try to get through this weird January that I know every place in the country just wants to get back to normal. <laughs> um, I just wish everybody health. And Allie and I talked about this. Uh, I don't know if we went into this, but we just thank you guys. I just want to give a huge thank you to our listeners because we can't do this every week without your encouragement, your love and support. We are nothing without you. And I truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. Allie and I know that we've grown so much and I'm just humbled when I go back and look where we were. I was a call in to where we are now, how much this show has grown and how many people we've had on. It's just, it's crazy, Allie, how far we've come. And you know what? It is not without you guys and your encouragement. So I do say that. Absolutely. We're we're so grateful, of course, to all of our listeners. This is a show by the fans for the fans. So being able to give out fan perspective is a passion. Uh, and of course, we couldn't do it without our sponsors. So thanks to everybody yes. uh, got it listed here at the bottom running uh, on that. And, ticker. We and we wouldn't have our sponsor if it wasn't for our listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we love you guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And as always, Browns fans, go Browns. Go Browns.